Well, Ryan, it is awesome to have you on the podcast. Yeah. And what's unique about this is the day this podcast is releasing yes. is the day of your book launch, which is the thing we're going to talk about yeah. today. Yeah. And so it just coincided that way. It's, we're recording this a few days before, mm-hmm. but it's just yeah. it's cool to see how it aligned exactly that. So congratulations thank on you. the launch of your new book. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, we're so excited. It's been a three-year journey on this one. So I'm really, really excited. So it kind of started with this survey that was done and it describe this survey that probably people don't know about. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. The book is called Lead with Prayer. Yep. And how did this, what is the survey about? And you probably talk about this in the book. Yeah. Oh, sure. So uh, there's a, the largest Christian foundation uh, in America is the McClellan Foundation. They did a six-figure study on the, the prayer lives of Christian leaders in organizations and churches. And the the data came back so bad that they never published it. So bad, me like pastors were not praying. It, yeah, it was just like we're we're not praying. Like like what we say and then how we actually lead it was such such a gap in in our prayer life and and, and as leaders at least in the America and in the West that w- leaders have a prayer problem. So you're you co-founded Venture, which we had uh, yeah. Paul Herkman on the podcast yeah. a little bit Jesus. ago, which yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an awesome episode. Yeah. Um, but you, you're a businessman as well, so you kind of have the ministry and business side of this. So what mm-hmm. made you passionate about saying, all right, this study is done, it gave bad results, mm-hmm. now I'm going to write a book about it? <laughs> well, no, the journey started as uh, really the, the global church. Uh, the deeper question was this. What if we sat at the feet of the global church and said, could you teach us how to follow Jesus? Because what's happening in the global church is historic. It's exploding in ways that, that like missiologists don't even know how to categorize it, the growth of the global church. And we started like popping under the hood saying, what's the leadership principle that's fueling this? And it wasn't any particular leadership principle. It was a prayer life. And we thought, okay, we need to like learn from leaders, how true praying leaders, how they pray. And I've got, I have a shelf of leadership books on how leaders lead, even down to like how they plan their day and their morning. I don't have any books on how leaders pray. Mm-hmm. And if prayer is what truly fuels the life of a Christian leader, what, why don't we talk more about this? Why don't we have more books on this? And so wanted to go on a journey and I asked uh, Peter Greer, a friend of mine who runs Hope International, if we could be a part of this. And and he promptly said, no. And then the next morning, he emailed me and said, hey, I was praying. We need to do this together. And so we went on a journey along with Cam, my friend at the McClellan Foundation. And we interviewed over, I did about over 100 hours of interviews with leaders in six different continents whose ministries and businesses covered over 100 countries. And we got to sit down with John Mark Comer and Francis Chan and John Ortberg and Tim Mackey and Johnny Erickson Tata and a whole, Mark Batterson, a whole list of leaders uh, and really just ask him one simple question, what are your daily prayer habits? And it's just been one of the most incredible journeys in my life. In going back to the, the survey, yeah. what, what we were, we had lunch the other day and we we're just talking about this mm-hmm. and kind of prepping for knowing, I said, I want to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. And I mentioned uh, Dr. Barnabas. He spoke at our conference. For those mm-hmm. who are listening, who are part of our network, we're at our conference this not this past year, but the year yeah. before. Yeah, he spoke a message, and he had a kind of a line in there that all of us were quiet. Mm-hmm. But he said, "I come to America, and I hear about prayer conferences, and I hear about prayer meetings, and I hear about I, I hear about books about prayer, and all these different mm-hmm. things. But there, no one actually prays." Yeah, 
And he said this, and then yeah. he went on to describe how mm -hmm. they have exploded in Tanzania, going from, I want to say, like, 2 million to 8 million adherents in, like, a 10 or 20 years span. Yeah. So, oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And he talked about this, this fast that he did and the prayer life mm -hmm. and everything. And so, mm -hmm. you start to see this, but then, obviously, in this survey, you start seeing it even more and more and more. Talk about some of the yeah. outcomes and or insights that you Absolutely. found from this and kind of what the— book talks about obviously there's some high profile people that we love to hear what their prayer life is yeah, like but there's all yeah. obviously bigger themes too oh absolutely that one of the what i say the meat of the 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 study was truly the lives of the global church and how they pray and what the eureka moment happened was when we would sit down with maybe a francis chan or a new york financier who's just really prayerful and then sit down with someone working in a refugee camp serving in a war zone for for 3 decades and we found that across the globe, if you're a leader who's intentional about your prayer life, it all starts looking similar. There, there are patterns that they all started praying very similarly. And it seems like God, whenever you're a leader who's wants to be intentional about your prayer life, you're going to be praying in a similar way and have the similar pattern or have these similar hallmarks. And so every chapter of the book was one of these patterns that we saw. And the very one of the very first interview was with Rosabelle, who was in uh, serving in the war zone for th three decades. And I, I just asked her, okay, Mama Roosevelt, can you tell me about your prayer life? And she's like, oh, Ryan, I love Jesus. She just glows. And she goes, when I was 18, I had no money, but I wanted to tithe. And so I realized the only currency I had was my time. And so I started praying two and a half hours a day to tithe my time. And I've been doing that for the past 30 years. Mm. And I was like, so when you say prayer and the rest of us say prayer, we're talking about a different thing. And that was so challenging. We found that person after person after person. And so then I asked her, like, how do you get to that? Like, where do you even start? And the very first uh, thing that we found out from Francis Chan to Roosevelt to uh, a friend of ours, uh, in New York financier, was that it was friendship first. And, and that's hard for a leader because as a leader, you want to go, all right, I'm praying for this initiative, yeah, this outcomes, vision, yeah. outcomes. I want to see these things happen. And all the, the really great praying leaders, it was, no, 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 we start with friendship. And Jesus even said that. He said, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And as uh, the fruitfulness of their ministry came out of their friendship with Jesus. And so um, Roosevelt starts with a walk every morning. And Francis Chan, he has a walk every morning. And you keep talking, starting to talk to a lot of these leaders. There's some enjoyable, get out for a walk, be with Jesus, worship, and, and be a friend. And really interesting, even I had Dave Ramsey on the podcast last yeah. year, and he said he switched his Devo time to starting with a walk with the Lord in the yeah. morning. So it's interesting how yeah, that, that, that aligns. Those yeah. patterns keep coming up. And that's, and that's, that's a, to me, that's so inviting. It's like, you want to know how you can build your, friend, your prayer life? Start with friendship first. Mm -hmm. not, not be the intercessor that changes everything. That's wonderful. But start with it. Start with a friendship. Yeah, I mean the timing, yeah. the timing of the book and the timing of this podcast, even being right in the middle of our twenty-one days of prayer and fasting yeah. as a church, and many churches who are listening mm -hmm. probably have something similar that they do. Yeah. And I, first of all, I think that's awesome. I mm -hmm. think a lot of churches, and I, I again as a kid, I don't really remember that, so it's maybe more of a newer development that yeah. kind of people are doing that. Maybe sure. they did, and I just don't remember. But I love that development, right? But yeah. I also think for us, like. Two years ago, we had the theme "Ask, Seek, Pray" as a church, mm -hmm. and I think it made us realize, wow, like 
we weren't praying enough, you know, and mm-hmm. we did more prayer meetings and we since imp- implemented yeah. more types of prayer. And I think we still want to do that as a church. Yeah. But it kind of was that moment where, and that was the year that Dr. Barnabas also said that at our conference that was yeah. titled Ask, Seek, Pray. Um, <laughs> but it kind of, you, you kind of need a moment of reflection. And I know for me, like, I think it's easy to lie to yourself. Sure. It's easy to lie to yourself that wow. like in the ministry or in doing good work mm-hmm. or in even just reading his word or listening to worship music yeah. that we're also praying. And I found myself having to mm-hmm. kind of reflect and say, Logan, those things are all good. Yeah. But they're yeah. not actually prayer. Sure. And that friendship with versus God's agenda mm-hmm. versus my agenda. Absolutely. You know, yeah. talk about maybe some of the people you talk to or others, or maybe there's leaders we look up mm-hmm. to, names that we recognize, but other insights you saw where you said, wow, this friendship with God, but there's more to it here than maybe it's the way they manage their time or or the way that they postured themselves. Yeah, yeah. So on that note real quick was yeah. a, a guy named John Kim who uh, managed uh, billions of dollars, a New York financier, PhD from MIT, you know, so not really smart or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> not really busy living in Manhattan. Right, right. And he, he said that- I he, managed thousands of dollars. Wow, yeah. that's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Congratulations. I'll get there someday. And, and what, what happened was um, the, he said, I had, to, I had to really come down to my heart and say, do I really believe it's valuable time spent mm. to stop all my other leadership activities to, be a fr- to spend time with Jesus? And so he calls it wasting time with God. And he said, I had to come into my heart to believe that I'm going to waste time with Jesus. And I was like, waste time? He goes, yeah, that's what friends do. They get together and just waste time together. Mm, they yeah. just be with each other. And he said that there's times where God has given him direction when he's just spending extended time in prayer that would have saved him years of work. Mm. Years. And it's just wild to think about that. So, it, that, so that phrase, I mean, that's worth the whole podcast or book. I mean... But I think it's true that there's just a lot of people that don't value it. I mean, with yeah. all of our models, and 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 sometimes it's hard. Like, I don't like being critical of the American church because I love the American church. Mm-hmm. But then the other time, it's like if it's a sacred cow and you can't be critical of it, then it's hard. Sure, um, I, I've talked about some other. I I I feel challenging to do that. But in yeah. the same way, you look at it and you say, if we really reflect. Do we value that? Because mm-hmm. if you look at our conferences, and again, I'm victim yeah. of this. I want to be very yeah. clear. I am a victim. I, yeah. am, I am repenting here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's, you look at my, our, the time spent at conferences. Yeah. It's breakout sessions. It's, it's you know, speakers. Mm-hmm. It's worship even. It's praise. It's after parties. Even yeah. in our services, we have sermons. We have all these things. But often it's not prayer, yeah. you know? And of course, I think there's an expectation that, your personal life, like the morning book coming to the conference should have had that. Yeah. But I don't hear that talked about very much. Like, did we all come expectant? I remember when mm-hmm. my dad spoke in Tanzania, he said mm-hmm. he went to speak and he was, it was like an 8 a.m. service. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, people are going to be rolling in and everything. Yeah. And he said, everyone was there. There was not a seat empty. Mm-hmm. And the, the pastor said, every one of these ministers has already gone up. They've walked here. They've prayed for multiple hours and they're ready to hear from the Lord. <laughs> and it's 8 a.m. Yeah. 
Now and, go. Now go. <laughs> yeah. And he's thinking, oh my goodness, I was jet lagged. I rolled out of bed. And I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to be critical of him, but he's, no. he's thinking compared to the that's, level of expectancy they mm-hmm. have, to me, he's like, I got to find a new gear. Yeah. And that that's why I wanted to go on this journey was I felt that there's that gap between how I talked about prayer and how I practiced as a leader. Right. And, and there's this, um, there's sometimes there's this myth where we think prayers for the intercessors and leaders, leaderships for the leaders. And yet Jesus's life was the opposite of that. You see more mentions of Jesus going away to pray mm-hmm. as the crowds got bigger, the leadership responsibilities got more or increased right. as he got more disciples and you know, 12 to 72, all that increased. And you see more mentions of him withdrawing away to pray mm-hmm. and, and actually uses a, a fun Greek phrase for the pastors, it actually calls him a withdrawal way in prayer. <laughs> that it, it like to a, the point that becomes a an actual noun. Like he is a withdrawal way in prayer, hmm. is what it called Jesus. And and I thought we just use the term praying leader, like to where it becomes so much a part of who you are as a leader that you are a praying leader, not a leader who prays, but you're a praying leader. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey I want to be on. And that's the that's those are the people that we got to interview and got to sit down and say. What are your practices? How do you get on that journey? And uh, it's it's also broken up into two sections. One is, you know, like really making that that decision to waste time, how to grow in your prayer, and then how to start building a culture of prayer. Because there's really not a book that's been like good to great meets EM bounds. And so we were interviewing a lot of leaders saying, how, how did you create a culture of prayer? Not just uh, pray yourself, but, but how do you lead an organization to become a praying organization? Right. And those are some fascinating insights. What are some of those? I mean, I don't want to ruin the book entirely, no, but at the same time, what are some of those that that are for organizations, for maybe pastors, many pastors yeah. listening, but there's also many leaders in the church that say, yeah. hey, I, I'm a leader within the church, but I also have other ministry and business just like you mm-hmm. do. Yeah. What are some of those ways that you can cultivate that to where obviously it starts with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny you say it starts with yourself. There's a one leader that said, he called it, you can't multiply by zero. Mathematically, it doesn't work. So if, That's a word for somebody. Right? If you're, if you're trying to create a culture of something that you're not living, then you're multiplying by zero. Mm. And so we got to start as your own, your own practices. And so we, we compiled all these prayer practices that we talked to all these leaders about, we compiled into tools to help you grow in prayer as a leader. And so if you have any intentionality of just taking the time, we we've broken it down each of the chapters and, and then have a tool on how to actually be intentional like a leader towards your prayer life, right? Mm-hmm. Schedule it out, um, be able to cover different areas, use all the different tools and prayers that are available out there. So that's that part. But then when it comes to organizational, um, I was gripped by, uh, John Tyson was one of our interviews and and he, you know, Australian accent oh, thick yeah. and everything. I was like, mate, he goes, where is prayer a line item in your budget? I said, what? He said, you told me you value it. If you value it, it makes it to your, your, your P&L. And I, I was just so convicted. This is, mm-hmm. And so this is a long time ago, early on in the book. And so Adventure, we've started investing in 24-7 prayer rooms, uh, both space and coordinators in every country we serve. And we've seen an explosion in God activity from churches planted to girls rescued to meals and everything ever since we've been doing that and take actually taking investment. And you can take that same mindset, um, whether it's pastor or even on, the, on a for-profit business person or a small group leader. What does it look like to invest in prayer? Give up a night, get some food, coordinate it and get people together. Like 
taking intentional investment into prayer. Uh, we talked to one nonprofit, they invest over $2 million in prayer wow. every year. It's a large multinational nonprofit. And they, they said, yeah, we pay our staff to, to make sure that they pray for, for their work. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, yeah, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Why in the world would we try and do this without Jesus? You know, you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, we mentioned yeah. that sometimes during yeah. our, our weekly prayers as staff, we yeah. say, you get paid to pray, yeah. you know, as a pastor. And I think yeah. many people who are listening say, well, of course you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. That's part of your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But for us, we, we say, no, like on the clock, yeah. that is okay. Like we want to encourage that and it should be more than okay. Yeah. Like, we want to help create that culture. That's part right. of the, the book and, you know, hopefully a movement of getting leaders to come back to their knees and really depend on Christ in prayer. And yeah, well, go ahead. Right ahead. What was, was there anything that surprised you in this journey that you thought, Maybe you thought you had it nailed. Like, mm. I, I know that my hypothesis on this is going to be accurate and maybe it totally was wrong or something that... Yeah, yeah. Well, first one is what we talked about. Like, I thought these incredible leaders who have incredible prayer ministries were going to be like um, really intense, starting everything off with intense intercession for praying through all these vision and goals and, all, and crying out for all these things, which happens. But that flip of, no, 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 it starts with friendship. Right. That was the first Eureka. The second one was that, you know, we even looked in history, you know, Mother Teresa, uh, Rosabelle, Francis Chan, like you start looking through the patterns of prayerful leaders and their lives look so similar, not mm. different, but similar. That was the other one. And then the last one, um, I would say I was, I, there was a couple of stories where prayer, saved uh, a ministry, saved a denomination, saved a church, like the, the protective nature of prayer in a leadership context. I was so like amazed at like when pastor was about to, he knew, he said in my heart, I was quit. There's a huge church, you know, thousands and thousands of people, uh, just about 10,000 people. And he, he was like, my soul was to the point where I, I don't think I even believed anymore. I was preaching the gospel, people getting saved, but I didn't wow. think I believed anymore. And he told his board, I'm, I'm ready for a moral failure right now because I, I don't even know if I believe. It's so, my heart's so cold. And the board wisely said, we'll pray about it. So they prayed and they came back and they said, show us your schedule. And he's like, showed them the schedule. He was this guy that would do two breakfast meetings every morning just to try and meet with all the people he had to meet with right. outside and then meet all day and all these things. And they said, nope. You, we are mandating that you spend two hours a day, scripture, prayer, enjoying God, you know, all those things and connecting with the Lord. And so they just said, and you lead the church however you want, but this is what you have to do. And then for about six weeks, he said, it took a while, but after six weeks, he said, all of a sudden this love for Jesus came welling up mm. and, and it saved a moral failure. It saved a, you know, you hear a lot of moral failure stories these days, but you don't sure. hear a lot of how did it stop? How, right. What stopped it? Right. That was a shocker, you know, shocking one to me as he started just vulnerably sharing how his prayer life saved his whole ministry. Yeah, it's, it, it's a sobering reminder because I think it's so easy to get caught up, not, not just in church or business or anything, but just it's yeah. easy to get caught up with family and life and everything and, mm-hmm. and say, all right, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to check the box yeah. and I'm going to... And, you know, and that's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, I yeah. think, to kind of like, yeah. if anything, to be that that mm-hmm. scheduling point as yeah. pastors and leaders to say, hey, guys, reminder, you need to do this, mm, you yeah. know, and it's not this three weeks of the year is yeah. when you do it. It's more of that checkpoint to say, yeah. are you? You know, and I think that a lot of people yeah. find themselves there. 
yeah, I, that's why I want to start talking about it more. You know, like some leaders, they felt like, if you're asking me about my prayer habits, it's like asking for the social security number or something <laughs> like that. And we want to change culture where, no, we all talk about our prayer lives because we should be talking about what's important. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, the other, the other thing is I looked at prayer as like the difference between a prayer time and a, and a, and a, and a rule of life. That was one of the biggest changes that's changed my life. Um, so the praying leaders we talked to, it wasn't a prayer time. It was, what is your morning discipline? What do you do, you know, uh, in midday? What are you doing in the noontime? What are you doing at night? Like, what does it look like to craft a day centered around God? And one leader said, I, I, I schedule my prayer life and then I schedule everything else around it. Mm. And, and so a uh, little disciplines, like I started, uh, posture was really important to a lot of leaders. And I just started just trying these things, you know, so I roll out of bed now every day and I get on my knees and I just recite a, a couple Psalms. And just the change of that few minutes and then to take a walk of friendship and then how that starts changing. And then uh, this is a, a total nerdy history thing, if you don't mind, yeah, but uh, Pope and Urban in the, in the 650, he's the one that came up with the idea of a, a church bell in the center of town. And what it was, was to remind people to practice the presence of God. Mm. And, and so every time the bell went off, it was a reminder to stop, worship, be with him, remind yourself of Christ. And you so, said in 650? 605, sorry, 605. Isn't that interesting that Islam started in the 670s? Wow. You know, and how they yeah. called the prayer. I just, yeah, I know, yeah, I just I mean, jumped in my it's head. It's interesting. Like, yeah, I haven't uh, looked into that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's a correlation to, I mean, obviously Muhammad's time, but yeah. when you said church bells and prayer, you think of Islam immediately. Right. You know, no, it's started in the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what does it metaphorically look like to put bells in your day? Right. Whether it's a reminder in your phone or if it's, um, certain, I talked to some leaders are like, when I drive past this, I pray for a blank. And when mm. I start doing association with different prayer right. throughout the day, and all of a sudden it's calling your soul back to Jesus mm -hmm. and calling your soul back to... But all of those Savior. things are value, yeah. right? You know, and yeah. in order to do associations, you need to think about it and you need yeah. to be intentional. And Yeah. And we're leaders. We are intentional people. Right, right. So it's yeah. time to take that leadership mindset and, and point it towards our friendship and our prayer. One of the things that Jesus. I did when I was, um, I, I lived over in Beirut, Lebanon, did an internship. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they made us do, it was about once a month. I was there for yeah. a little under three months. They, we did a day with God and that was on nice. the schedule. Nice. And it was just day with God. Yeah. And we went out into the mountains mm -hmm. and it was just, Love it. they said, you're yeah. free for the rest of the day. Yeah. You can walk throughout the mountains. You can yeah. do whatever. Here's the home base area. Mm -hmm. If you want to come back, get some water. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that day, the Lord just being so near and everything. Oh, so cool. And yeah. kind of God saying like, hey, I'm, I'm here, you know. And yeah. of course, beautiful views help and, you yeah, know, seeing, yeah. seeing God in that way. But I, I, it's, it's something that I've, I've practiced and even mm -hmm. talking about, it, I'm like, I don't do it enough, you know, yeah. but I, I yeah. have gone on hikes or gone to different places mm -hmm. and just said, hey, this is a day with the Lord. Yeah. And I think often you have to get out of your context mm -hmm. in, or, or out of your rhythm mm -hmm. to have those monumental moments. Yeah. But I do think that it's a risk if you feel that it's only those moments, then, yeah. you know, it, it's like a mix. It's both. It's it the is. habits. It's yeah. the daily. It's it's the little bit. It's like a marriage, right? Which is, yeah. of course, a symbol of a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. You can't just say, well, I wake up next to you every morning. Is that yeah. not good enough? Yeah. Yeah. Or like if my whole marriage was texting my wife, right. you know, we you know, wouldn't, the, wouldn't be the best relationship. Right. Yeah, no, and and that's the beauty of a relationship is our relationships are like that. So people yeah. are like, why all these different types of prayers? So I'm like, I 
talk to my wife in very different moments. We're, we're scheduling sometimes. We're, we're connecting sometimes. Right. You know, like there's all kinds of conversations when you do life mm -hmm. with someone. And that's the invitation to a prayer life is to do life mm -hmm. with Jesus. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, longer time and shorter time. You know that book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow is yeah. a blockbuster yep. uh, about how we actually have two thinking systems. And if you look at the spiritual disciplines, they're actually mapped out to have slow prayer and fast prayer. Mm. And so fast prayer is, you know, when you're, you know, blessing a meal or you're running to somebody, you pray for them quick, or, you know, you're just driving thinking of somebody and praying, you know, fast prayer. And then slow prayer is that intentional extended time with God and how the slow prayer will inform your fast prayers. And mm. I remember as in a meeting uh, with a, a number of businessmen in Washington, and very, very wealthy French-Canadian businessman came up there to open up in prayer. And he just stopped and he said the word Jesus. And people just started crying in the room. Like I was in tears because this man was saying the name Jesus out of a well, like a mm -hmm. deep well of relationship with God. I was like, oh, I want to know Jesus that way. He mm -hmm. said one word. And so the fast prayer was informed by the depth, mm -hmm. deep, slow prayer, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, to take that Absolutely. idea of slow and fast. And so all the leaders that we talked to were, um, had you know days scheduled or multiple days or like quarterly, I take a day or monthly, I take a day or half day or, but they all had extended and they all had, you know, practice the presence, fast praying, mm -hmm. blended into their life as they do life with Jesus. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I think if we humble ourselves and, and actually put our calendar out. Of, uh, about a month ago, we had an episode about calendar hacks to avoid burnout. Yeah. And, you know, my yeah. dad talks about his calendar and everything. And I think those episodes, like, they're popular episodes because people want to know how to get more out of it. Like, yeah. how yeah. can I get more out? And, and he shared yeah. some awesome hacks and things yeah. and, and that are helpful. But mm -hmm. I think in the same way, it's, hey, I got a great hack for you. Get mm -hmm. on your knees. <laughs> I got a great hack <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Spend an hour with Jesus. Oh, yeah. I got a great hack for you. Yeah. Take a day, and instead of the strategic planning, yeah. take a day and go pray. Yeah. No, my, uh, we have this legend in our family. Um, my dad, prayer saved 10 years of work, an hour of prayer. He was going to do a deal that he was been working. He built his company, and he had this deal with a big uh, Fortune 50 company. And, and they were ready to do an exclusive with him. And he went and he said, you know, I still need to pray about it. And his business partner was like, you've worked your whole life for this. What do you mean you had to pray about it? So he takes it to an hour of prayer. And it was one of the clearest, like, absolutely no mm -hmm. from God he'd ever heard in his life. And so he turned the deal down. His business partner was out of his mind thinking he was crazy. Well, six months later, to the shock of Wall Street and the world, that company went bankrupt declared bankruptcy, and they would have taken my dad's whole company down with them. Mm. 10, 12 years of work. Right. One hour of prayer saved 10 years. So when you start thinking in those terms, right. you know, you're like, this is valuable. This is really important time. Right. Because one word from the king can save you 10 years totally. of hacking your calendar or things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's then the numbers just don't stack up when you truly see what God can do. And just when you give him a moment. Yeah. I love the stories of Matthews bows and McPherson guitars. And I don't know if you've heard the, yeah. like the visions that yeah. he had that the Lord gave him mm -hmm. and just like realizing that God can give you things that maybe don't feel like spiritual. They don't feel yeah. like that's what God cares about, but God cares about the businesses that he calls people mm -hmm. to lead. Yeah. He cares about the churches that they're yeah. building for his glory. Mm -hmm. He cares about it. I mean, he's God. He's, he's yeah. He sees everything. Absolutely. And I think oftentimes it's that we don't bring him in. And he's like, all right, like, left yeah. to your own devices. Yeah. 
sure, if that's what you want to do, go for well, it. But, but then he goes, Jesus says, yeah, but without me, you can do nothing. <laughs> right. Like he said, if you want fruitfulness, it comes out of my, your friendship with me. Mm-hmm. Abide in me. Yeah. And I love the word abide because it's different ways to abide. And you, we call it a personal liturgy, right? It's this idea of mapping out different types of prayer throughout your day and ways to connect with God throughout the day. And we have tools in the book that teach you how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a beautiful journey. Of, of like these rhythms, now I'm realizing they are the anchor and everything else I do flows from it. Mm-hmm. And to have that switch. And I, again, I'm not an, please know this, I am not an expert in prayer. I'm an enthusiast. I want to learn right, right. from, and, and, and it's to be like, yeah, I'm an expert in humility. Like, no, no <laughs> one's an expert in humility. We're all trying to learn. And same with prayer. Like, uh, I'm just an enthusiast. Like, I want to learn from incredible people of prayer mm-hmm. and I want it to, to, to be more, I want to be a praying leader someday, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. But, but that's, that's the journey that we're all on. And that mm-hmm. idea of taking one step closer and Jesus is so kind, just one step closer, one step, let's add another discipline. Let's add another. So for you, it might be adding uh, quarterly a day right, where it's right. like your day, you know, just mm-hmm. what does it look like to be more intentional that way? Yeah. As you look at leaders and pastors and people who you hope to get the book and read the book. Obviously you pour a lot of time and energy into it and Mm -hmm. you want it to do well, of course, but Mm -hmm. what are resources that you have as as we point people to that? Because again, we have a small, short conversation here, but of course there's a book here and not always when we have interviews, there's like, hey, there's a more for you. Yeah. Uh, But what, what resources have you kind of grabbed a hold of? I know just sometimes when you develop books and dealing with yeah. publisher, you have videos, you have this. Yeah. Where can you point us to? And then obviously yeah. want to talk about the book itself and how people can get it. Sure, sure. Leadwithprayer.com is the website. And we have all the a bunch of tools you can download for free. Um, I just want you to know, like the book, I'm not taking a penny in royalties. All the money is going to uh, fund prayer movements. It's, it's truly a, a part of a greater movement to try and draw leaders and call leaders back to their knees and back to prayer. Um, there's uh, also, we have these, you can get these prayer cards. This is what's really helped me, um, is these are it's like a deck of cards. And not tarot cards, right? They're, they're no, no, the opposite. Cards, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus-y, yeah. But it's got a couple of a couple of scriptures to slowly read, like a Lectio Divina in the front, and then an interactive prayer in the back of each one of them. Cool. And they take about like five minutes a piece, and yeah. so I'll pull out seven or eight, and then I, I realized, oh man, and because a lot of folks don't know, like, how do I start having a more extended prayer time, even right. pastors, mm-hmm. and and having some aids like this um, are really really helpful. It's like the difference between going to the gym and just looking at all the machines, going, what do I do, or going to the gym with a small card that has a little workout right. on it, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a good workout today. Yeah, and you don't do all of them at one time. It's daunting. Be like, all right, I'm going to bench, and then I'm going to squat, yeah. and then this, I'm going to that. It, sometimes yeah. I think people feel that way with prayer, to Absolutely. where they feel like, yeah. if I if I go in, I got to go all in. And yeah, I do yeah, it. and it's. Sometimes you do that, but others you don't. And you've yeah. been really generous and you said, hey, I want to bless the network. I want to bless yeah, pastors. Absolutely. And you said, you, you would do more than this, but you said, let's do a hundred books mm-hmm. and just give it to people. And so we'll yeah. have a link in the yeah. description where people want that and they mm-hmm. want to lean into this. They want to get the book. We'll have a link that they can do that. Yeah. But I mean, if you just want to explain why, why you want to do it, you talk about you want to lead this movement of prayer, but anything to those people that are filling this out and say, hey, I want this book. What would be your message to them as they hopefully go online, get a hold of this? Yeah, I, I guess my message would be, imagine what would happen if there was a movement of leaders returning to prayer mm-hmm. and they would start leading praying organizations, that would change everything. Yeah. That would change everything. So any anything, our book and other movements and other apps, we also partner with the Echo Prayer app. 
Yep. We create a, a prayer system that's free as well. You can download. Um, it has the prayer cards digitally. It also has a system to collect and disseminate prayer through your organization. And and so we're any any of all the other movements that are trying to work on this. We just want to be a part of nudging God's leaders back because when when you get God's leaders to start praying, imagine what could happen. Mm-hmm. Imagine, and that's just beautiful. So. That's that's what gets me excited, and that's why I'd love to invest in this. And and you know all the you know, the book's just going to go all of that. It's, I think it's a couple of different countries that are launching all at once in January sixteenth, uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I'm just yeah. excited to see what God can do with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your investment, and I'm hope that people jump in and grab those books and the hundred are gone and people order more for their teams. And everything. Yeah. And but, if they're gone, let me know. I'll give you some. I don't <laughs> care. You got it. You got the network yeah. covered. Yeah. 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 You take care of River Valley. You absolutely. Know. It's my yeah. home church. I, I love this. It's and a, it, do you mind if I share one more yeah, story? Absolutely. So, or I don't mind. You don't yeah. mind. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely mind. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the last interview, like the first and the last interview were just some of the most meaningful to me. And the last one was with Mark Batterson. And he's written an incredible book on prayer, but he talked about- It was the first podcast I ever recorded for Talking wow. Church. It, it wasn't the first that was released, yeah. but it was the first I ever recorded. That's awesome. So yeah. we're now at like 103 or something. Wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so sat down with him and he said that he actually got a chance to open up his grandfather's prayer journal. Hmm. And he started bawling because he started reading prayer after prayer that his grandfather was praying that was being fulfilled in his life wow. two generations later. And the idea that prayer is not here and now, it's we can lift up prayers that are generational. It's such a powerful thing to think about. And the, the, it's probably one of my favorite stories I've ever heard, ever. Um, a friend of mine was on a mission trip connected to this uh, in about 2002 era. And he was on a mission trip and they were doing this beautifully redemptive thing where they're going to take stones from a Russian gulag and actually use them to build a church. Wow. It's this beautiful, right? Yeah. Like the story of, okay, then they're, they're digging around and there's a canister that one of them found and they open up the canister and there's a note inside the canister and they bring it to the pastor so he could read it. And the pastor starts just bawling, just weeping. And he said, then the note, what the note said is, we are a, a community of believers who are being forced to take the stones of our church and turn them into our own prison where we will die. But we're putting a prayer out to the Lord that one day these stones will one day be a church again. And this is like decades later. And so what we are as people of prayer is sending canisters out into the future of prayers that God will answer long after our life. And it's when you think of like, that's what we get to do when we go to prayer. That, it's such a powerful thing to think about. And so what can happen if leaders start leading people to pray generational prayers that will live far beyond us? And it, that just yeah, blows my mind and gets me excited. That's incredible. I'm glad you shared it. It's, I, I hope that there are prayers that I pray that generations from now will see yeah. fulfilled. But I also hope that... Yeah. I am able to fulfill the prayers of people generations before. Yeah. And I think that's that's something we often don't think about. And I think mm. in, as we close this conversation, prayer is eternal mm. and it's yeah. not finite on time. No. And I think that's something of all the things we do in our mm-hmm. schedule, prayer is actually one of the few things that aligns us to the to no time. 
right? Yeah. To, yeah. to the lack of time, to the yeah. eternal time. God, yeah. God is not confined by time. No. And when we pray, yeah. we align with that lack of. Mm-hmm. And so God's like, oh yeah, that prayer will be answered. Maybe Absolutely. not in your lifetime. Yeah. Maybe I mean, not until you, you die. Jesus yeah. prayed for us in John 17. Yeah, yeah. I pray for those who will come beyond us. So he practiced generational prayer as mm-hmm. well. That timelessness is so powerful. So good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to read the book. I'm excited for the network to read the book and all yeah. those who are listening. I'm excited yeah. for the just the launch and you leaning into this. And I hope that it does inspire thousands upon thousands of people to continue to pray and that this only builds and grows and there'll be more books on it and there'll be more uh, opportunities for us to do it. But I, I think that... Yeah. I love that. You can't multiply by zero. You can't yeah. multiply by zero. Who was it that said that? Uh, John Kim. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Leave it to a PhD economics right. major to like, tell you. It doesn't right. actually work. So, yeah. That's so good. Well, yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. And yeah. Can we, can we pray? Let's before? do it. I think that would be a perfect way to end. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh, man. Jesus. Thanks for being here this whole time. Just help us to be more aware. You are here. Lord, I, I just pray for everyone here that, that there'd be a new grace for a new year. There'd be a new anointing, a new favor, a new strength, a new joy, a, a new hunger for you. And that this year we would learn what more and more, we'd be more devoted followers of Jesus than ever. We'd be closer to you than ever. We experience you more than ever, that we would have that sense of life and peace and grace in your presence more than ever. And I pray, God, that there would be a movement of drawing leaders back to their knees in prayer and that they would be praying leaders who lead praying organizations and set cultures of prayer wherever they are and however they lead, and that that would translate into heaven on earth the way that you taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I pray a great blessing over every pastor, every leader, every church, all their families, their children. And God, we pray generational prayers, God, that there would be fruit that lasts for generations and every single one of them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.